T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in. We are with you until midnight. Brian Barrett, Tyler Devitt's hanging out as well, producer of the afternoon show. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego, two to six. I, I'm used to the like the initials. It used to be the MFers. It was OMF at one point. So I'm, I'm getting used to like having to say all three names. That's a lot. Well, the Twitter handle is now MFM on WE. I but nobody says MFM. That might latch on. Who knows? But I don't it's know. It's kind of catchy. It does MFM. MFM. Yeah. Uh, so uh, engineer Doug Lane, who you talked to tonight up in the, uh, Red Sox studios with next to Joe Castig and, uh, Will Fleming, Doug Lane was saying MFM stands for uh, more freaking morons. <laughs> that, that, that was the acronym. And he's like, he's like, no one told you that so far. And I said, no, wow. no, not yet. I just mean, all right. Six, one, seven, 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 nine, seven, ninety three, seven, the number. Let's get to Alex in Connecticut. Alex, what's up? Hi, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you tonight? It's a win, Alex. Yeah, well, you can't be too mad. Okay, no, I'm not. I mean, the other night I was just too upset. I, I mean, I couldn't even listen to the to the to the uh, show afterwards. I just which game? Uh, the, know, the Brazier game? Well, the Celtic game. The Celtic oh. game, and uh, going between that and the Sox. And uh, Jesus, I never saw Tatum play such a sloppy third quarter. Was that's the worst I've ever seen him play at all. It was so sloppy. I'm a little nervous. I mean, I, they they really need to be focused now. We can't come back. To, oh, it's, it's not to say that they can't do it, but really got to come back with a split. You know, well, you, you really uh, no Hawford and 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 Smart. That that hurt us. And geez, well, no and Alex, that's man. what kind of irritated me the about line. the result last night, right? So if we went into last night game as Celtics fans, we go into last night's game and you say, okay, well, here's the scenario. You find out before the game, a couple of hours before Horford can't play. Smart was out of the game, and you lost that game. All right, I wouldn't be too upset. I'd say, okay, go get game two on Thursday night. But the way it happened, where they couldn't stop you in the first half, and then they outscore you 39-14 to in the second half, that's why I say that it's no excuse that Smart and Horford weren't there. You had a golden opportunity to get it done, and you completely shot yourself in the foot in the third quarter. So that's what irritated me about that. I could live with a loss in game exactly. one, but not the way it happened. That's the way they did it, the way they did, the way they just—I don't understand what the heck happened. And then Pritchard got a little—he got a little in front of his skis there a little bit. You know, he tried to do a little <laughs> bit too much. You know, geez, yeah, I mean, the ball boy got exposed himself a little bit. You know, but um, anyway, now with, with the Sox, I, I really think that you know with the Zander, I really want him to stay. Mm-hmm. It, I think 30, 30 for you know seven years, two ten—that does it. I think he leaves money on the table elsewhere. He will leave more money on the table I'm with to you. stay in Boston. I truly believe that. You know. So you say seven, and, you know two, what? ten. So that's that thirty million. You think is fair? 
thirty million, and I think he yeah. stays. And somebody, someone else can offer him thirty-two, or maybe they'll go eight years. He'll stay. He'll leave money elsewhere. I truly believe it. You know. Yeah, I and it's re- Alex. Think about how refreshing that is. This guy wants to be here, right? It's the it's di- completely different from Mookie. He wants to be here. That's why I just I'm, think it's a bad, bad exactly. look that they haven't offered him a real deal. Absolutely. That exactly. That's it. And it shows the rest of the team. He's the leader. And it just, you know, yep. it means a lot to everything. So, but you know what? All they got to do now is, you know, not that it's all they got to do, but if they can just win a series, win a series, win. I don't need to be, you know, 13 out of 14. Just win mm-hmm. a series, win a series. Two but in a row. Big question is, you know, is, is Bloom going to do something to help them at the trading deadline if they have a legitimate yeah. shot to get into the wild card? Is yeah, I think they will, Alex. I think they will make a move at the deadline if it gets to that point. And, oh, by the way, before I let you go, Alex, i got to tell you something. So, guess what could be happening in the next, I'd say, week or so? We may actually see the guy that they traded for Benintendi. Okay? So, you've been waiting for this. I know you've been pissed off about I'm the Benintendi thing. So, get ready. He's coming yeah, up I soon. I I like Benintendi. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're I know. the biggest Benintendi guy I know. I heard you before saying you don't understand that. I think the guy is, you know, it was just great, man. I loved it. I loved my outfield. I was really happy with that. All right, Alex. So I have a good it, night, I my friend. Swing. I love that. It- have a good night. Alex is awesome. You say the name Benintendi and the callers call in. I'm telling you, man. It's like people, a cat call. People love Benintendi. They've never seen him throw a base. I don't know how he won a gold glove last year. That was an absolute joke that that guy won a gold glove. He but, still hit like 320 this year. Yes, he is. Now... Some of those numbers are going to come down based on the contact he makes, and he's starting to slump a little bit as of late. So I believe those numbers are going to come down, but this is the point that I'm making to Alex. He is somebody that has complained a lot about the Franchi for Benintendi deal, which sure, it's not really Franchi for Benintendi. The main piece of that deal is Winkowski. So the reason I bring it up to Alex, he's a huge Benintendi guy, is the fact that we're actually going to see the prize piece of that trade in the coming weeks. I would assume. It feels like Winkowski or Seabold is going to be up in the near future. Obviously, like the Red Sox already won the Embry-Workman trade. Both those guys suck. Immediately they suck. Yeah, and Pavetta has already basically been better than both those guys last year. And you still have Seabold in AAA. So, I mean, that was a steal for Bloom. But the Winkowski thing, that's an important piece for the Bloom era, if you will, because people do love Benintendi. Let's get to Joe. Joe is in New Jersey. Hey, Joe. Hey, Brian, happily surprised to take two or three. Brian, we talked about yep. this before. Brazier sucks. He shouldn't be on the team. Bonds, <laughs> we know about it. I'm coming up here this I'm coming up for the Seattle series. Oh, it's nice. Are you coming to the game this, tomorrow? That's Friday and Saturday. Oh, okay. I'll be at the game and, tomorrow. Uh, oh, I'll be at the game oh, Friday. Okay. I'll be at the game oh, okay, Friday, great. Joe. Um, but if they do this with Brazier and Bonds, I will be thrown out. Why are they putting them <laughs> in tight situations? Like you know, Atlanta, I, I, I don't get that. By the ninth, by the ninth, he, he gives it up. Sunday in Texas, it's 1-1. He gives up four runs. Monday night, they bring Bonds in. I think it was 2-2. He gives up a run. These guys, Brian, can't be in these tight situations. Yeah, why I'm with you on that, that, Joe. Right? Yeah, I'm with why, you on that. Why and, would they do it? Is there any reason why they put him in these tight games? No. Well, they look. Just, they got the place. 
Yeah, Joe, I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Isn't it as simple as you have so many tight situations but you only have two guys you trust? So it's just you, yeah, your that, arms are limited. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Tyler. That's part of the equation. But, and I ordinarily defend Cora's process. I defended it multiple times last year. People would call up this show all the time and complain about pulling a starter too early. And especially like Tanner Houck. That was a huge thing last year. How can you pull Tanner Houck? Well, he sucks the third time through. He He's not even great the second time through. So it's obviously an issue with Tanner Houck. So I defended Core in terms of his process multiple times. The two times I didn't defend Core with the process, one was the playoff game against the Astros, where he said, well, we felt good about the lefty-lefty matchup against Alvarez with Sale. It's like, okay, you could feel that way before the game, but after he hits one over the monster and hits one off the monster change the opposite way, plan. you change your game plan. You all like That made sense before the game, but you alter your game plan. So that's really the only time I've been really pissed off with Core from a decision-making process and obviously the weight of that loss. And the other day, that pissed me off. It's a 1-1 game, and I am sympathetic or empathetic to the fact that he doesn't have a lot of good relievers out there. We can all acknowledge that, but... Brazier's the worst guy in the sport. You cannot put him on the mound in a 1-1 game. So I will not give Cora the benefit of the doubt on that. We all know he sucks. We all know that was going to happen. You can't do that. But wouldn't you also complain if Salamura came in? Not if, Matt, like, if Matt Barnes came in? Yes. If Jake Diekman came in? Yes. So that's why... All go- those guys suck. So, yes. like, you have so that's my four point. sucky options, which... Complaints yes. whenever no, that, they're ready to go on the mound. That and say, is, why is that guy out there? That is I fair. I can't blame Cora. I'm blaming Bloom for that. That is fair, but why not go to one of your best relievers like Cora did in the 3-2 game the other day? Why don't you go to Strom, or why don't you go to Schreiber there? That's my point. Time and place? Situation? Well, that's my point. Is he, Cora proved that he would go to a reliever when you're losing. He went to his premier reliever, his best reliever right now, in Matt Strom at a game they're losing 3-2 against the Astros on Monday. If he doesn't go to Strom on Monday and he goes to Brazier or he goes to Barnes or he goes to Salamora, you probably lose that game, right? Because, what, do they score two runs probably? And you give it up, I mean, just based on their game reputation? Over. So that's my point, is why didn't you do that against Texas on Sunday when you had Strom, who was available? When you had Schreiber, who was available? That, to me, is what irritated me about that particular decision. And maybe this comes back to the whole situation with... Whitlock as well, where Whitlock's not in the bullpen, where he can't factor into multiple games a week. And if he has another bad outing, if you will, in the rotation, then I think this is going to be something that they got to rethink. I get their plan now, but they may have to rethink. And maybe they don't want to keep switching roles with the guy now. Maybe they're already too far, far down the starting role. I felt like they should have switched it after the second one. I think about this. They went from, what was it, April the 19th until May the 10th in games that Whitlock pitched in where the Sox actually won. Wow. And he's been incredible outside his last out, outside two outings ago. All right. Sub two ERA, you're losing those games. Yeah. Ouch, ouch. ouch. All right. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett and Tyler Devitt's we're, with us. We're being super negative on a night where Nick Pavetta was awesome tonight. Like, we're, Well, didn't we're we almost, start off the show that we, way? We did. People might be just getting in their cars or turning us on, and they're hearing us you know, bitch about things that Heimbloom did not do or Alex Cora's bullpen usage. Like They, they suck, but... Nick Pavetta, Austin tonight. So yes. Just want to say that. That is definitely one of the... Nick Pavetta is part of the solution, not the problem. 617-779-7937, the number. If you want to weigh in on the Bogart situation, you can. And we'll open it up to the Celtics as well. Are you worried about this team, especially considering the fact that Horford is not going to, in all likelihood, he's doubtful for tomorrow? 617-779-7937, the number. We're with you up until midnight. 
The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Looking up now, the Warriors are absolutely clobbering the Mavericks. That's a 106-87 game, and it's about to wrap up. So Golden State's going to take game one of the Western Conference Finals. Meanwhile, in the East, the season, the Heat play game two of their best to seven Thursday night in Miami. Al Horford, doubtful. He's in health and safety protocols, which is interesting to begin with. Marcus Smart, probable with that left foot sprain. The C's are coming off that brutal 118-107 loss in Game 1. I say brutal because they were outscored 39-14 to in the third quarter. Meanwhile, how about the Red Sox? They win their second consecutive series after beating the Astros tonight 5-1. to They lit up Luis Garcia. Xander Bogarts with a home run in this one. Now, the unfortunate news is J.D. Martinez's hitting streak ended at 18 games. He had a home run taken away by Kyle Tucker. Nick Pavetta, complete game, eight strikeouts. He gave up one run. That was the first batter of the game. Jose Altuve took him deep. But other than that, Pavetta was absolutely outstanding. He's been really good in the month of May. Just one walk. The Sox and the Mariners opened up a four-game set Thursday night at Fenway. Rich Hill gets the start in that one. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett and Tyler Devitt with you up until midnight tonight. As the Red Sox pick up a much-needed series win over the Astros, they, of course, took two of three from the Rangers. Could have been three of three if Ryan Brazier didn't blow it in the game. Look, maybe you never win, but it's the butterfly effect of having to face the top-tier hitters in the Red Sox lineup when it's a 2-1 game or a 3-2 game rather than being a 5-1 game or a 7-1 game in the ninth inning. But here's some other good news. Rafael Devers in the month of May. By the way, he has the most hits in Major League Baseball. He has the most hard-hit balls in baseball. Balls off the bat, 95-plus miles an hour. Here's his numbers in May after tonight. 397, 435, 724, 1160. He's absolutely... J.D.'s raking as well. He had hit an 18 straight game. So, man, Devers has been absolutely incredible. He had a home run the other day in Texas where he got a changeup that was in. He hit it out the opposite way, and it hit the foul pole in left field. 
89 mile an hour changeup. He took out the opposite way. I mean, the power on this guy is absolutely ridiculous. He had that like one little rough patch, Tyler. He just wasn't hitting the ball in the air. But once he's gotten going, this is what makes you think that this team can go on a run here is Rafi's hitting, JD's hitting, and Bogarts has been hitting all season long. The question to me is just, if you get those other three pieces, and I don't count Dahlback, right? Because Dahlback to me is just a non-entity. One of your six th- of your others. Yes, but I don't think that he can have like a streak that he has. Remember in August last year, he's like one of the Red Sox best hitters. I don't see that happening again. So the three guys I look why, at. Why not though? As bad as he's been, I'm not sure he's this hitter, but he has no zero confidence right now at the plate, yeah. which is a ma- massive issue. Whether he can regain is another question, but why can't he go back to that guy who was in August for a whole calendar month? Yeah, I just don't see it. He's swinging and missing this year more than last year, which is saying something. I just don't see it. And like we, I was optimistic about it prior to the season because we heard, and Will Fleming and Rob Bradford witnessed this, and I guess Joe Castiglione as well, that he actually changed his approach on two strikes. He wasn't striding anymore. And that was like a big thing. He wasn't going to strike out as much. Well, he's actually striking out more. So I just believe, and remember, he's older than Devers. How long did it last? Yeah, never. He's older than Devers. Yeah, he's older than Devers. So I just don't see it happening for Dahlbeck. But there are three guys that you can get more production out of. Verdugo, who's hitting way too many balls into the ground. That's been an issue with him throughout his career. His ground ball rate is near 50%, which is... Never going to get it done. And he's actually making a lot of loud contact. He's just not hitting the ball in the air. So that's one guy. The other guy is Kike. Kike has not been great this season. And he, I mean, that's putting it politely. He's, Story and Kike have been negative offensive players. They're negative war offensively. Those are those are the three guys, especially considering the money you gave Story. What we saw from Kike last year, those are the guys that I look at that need to get going. I'm not worried about Dahlback and Vasquez. I don't think he's ever going to hit. We know the Red Sox were sniffing around catchers this offseason, which basically tells you they were willing to move on from Christian Vasquez. They just couldn't swing a deal. But those are the guys. You need two of those three guys to get hot. It's almost like Kike like, took uh, the hot streak he had in October last year and like it went to his, his head a little bit and he changed his approach to become this guy who's now a power hitter and took the launch angle and made it 25 degrees in every single swing where... He's just trying to hit home runs, and that's not who he is. That's not the approach that a guy that with his skill set he should take, and it's it's really hurting him. But at least you know that no, no matter how bad Jackie's been, no matter how bad um, Verdugo's been, and Kike have been at the plate, they give you a great glove in the field. Bobby Dahlbeck, you could not say that at all. Oh, he sucks. He's terrible. What is on the his field. strength this year? He can't play in the field. He can't catch simple like put out six three putouts from Xander at shortstop. He's striking out almost every time he's at the plate if he's not hitting a fly ball or a foul ball behind him back to the left. What is he good at? Yeah, he's good at nothing. He's good at absolutely nothing. You're right. I mean, last year he was legitimately the worst first baseman in Major League Baseball defensively. He was last in defensive run saved. He was atrocious. It's the same thing this year. It did feel like when he started to hit, it got a little bit better. But the Kike one, it's a good point by you too because Kike, it's just he's popping way too many balls up and he did, to your point, really get into the launch angle. He's sixth in baseball this year in launch angle, but the problem is... Jesus, I, I don't even know that. You can almost just tell by the way his, his results are. Yeah, So, but the problem is he's not making loud contact. His hard hit rate is down. He was close to 40% last year. He's down to about 26% last year. So all these balls that he's hitting in the air, they're going in the infield. There's only two guys in the sport that are hitting more infield fly balls than Kike Hernandez. I mean, so that's the problem for Kike, but... 
to me, those three guys, two out of those three guys, and it feels like Story's the closest right now. Story's actually been swinging the bat better as of late. Now, the results don't always show it, but if you can get two of those three guys going, I feel like this lineup is going to be devastating like we thought it was going to be coming into the season. I mean, quite frankly, it's been good in May without those guys being hot with just your main three. So what are you doing with Tristan Cassis? Because if your first baseman can't be Bobby Dahlbeck, what are your in-house options? Oh, well, that's another issue that I have with Boom. Well, right now, Franchi Cordero is getting that opportunity, which I don't have a problem with. He's actually been much better at the plate since he came up. And he can play outfield, too, if, yeah. you, need, if you need him to. I, th- he's incredibly fast, too. I mean, obviously, he's not a natural first baseman, and he does struggle there sometimes. So do you think this bat, like this hot streak holds up? Because I don't think this is who he is long term. No, term. but I, I think he definitely deserves an opportunity. And oh, of course. He's earned he, that. Yeah, if he does start to falter, okay, well, then maybe Cassis is ready. And, and, like, this is another critique I'd have of Bloom. So, if you didn't think Cassis was going to be ready at the beginning of the season, which clearly they don't, and some of his numbers at the AAA level have not been great. So, if that was the case, I'm fine with saying, okay, Tristan Cassis isn't going to be up until the earliest midway through the season. That's fine. If that's their prerogative, okay. But here's where I can't get on board with Bloom. How did you come into the season with Bobby Dahlbeck as your everyday first baseman? He had one good month last year. That's the problem I have. Like, why were they so gung-ho that they were going to give Dahlbeck this opportunity every day. That, to me, is the part where last year you needed to address that position at the trading deadline. He had one good month. Why would you come into the season just relying on that guy at first base? That's the issue that I had. So there's a guy. We're here at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studios. And there's a guy here in a Rays jersey. Why are you here, sir? I have no idea why he's here. Well, it's, it's the Red Sox post-game show. It's a Blake Brian, Snell, by Brian the way. Barrett. A Blake Snell Rays jersey of all things you would see here at Lansdowne. I would never expect that. Well, I, I don't understand that either. When guys wear a random jersey to a game that has nothing to do with the city or the opposing team, right? Like, So it'd be like if, right. if I wore a Jason Tatum jersey, not that I have a Jason Tatum jersey, but if I wore a Jason Tatum jersey, if I was in Florida watching a Marlins Nationals game. I don't know why I would go to that game, but just, like, it doesn't make it, any sense, It's right? like a Hardo fan move. Like, yeah, you, you I, want a lot to be known. I like basketball, but I'm not here to support either of these clubs because I am a Brooklyn Nets fan. It's like, just just go home, sir. Like, you were eliminated. No, we don't need you. All right, I may regret this. 617-779-7937, the number. Here he is, as long as David. Scott and Weymouth. David in Florida. David, uh, let me make sure you're not eating. Not yet. My will be in about 10 minutes, 10, 15 okay. minutes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of Florida, right? Yeah, you're right, David. Uh, by the way, say hi to Tyler. He's with me tonight. What's up, David? Good, good evening, Tyler. Have you talked this to your Brian friend uh, Jose Iglesias tonight? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a mistake they made, too. I mean, if they, if they had Jose right now, they would be undefeated. Let me tell you that. All right? <laughs> if they had Jose... They'd be undefeated. You play all nine positions. Now, that being said, I mean, they're going to sign. They're going to sign Bogart simply because the ownership cannot afford not to. I mean, it would just be suicide if, if they, they said don't. the same thing after for Mookie Betts. Said the same after thing for Mookie Lester and Mookie. Yeah, they just they have no choice. And Bogart, and Bogart is the heart and soul. I mean, they'll get something done. But I got a question for you, Brian. And this has yep. nothing to do with my buddy Devers at third. But I think this might, this could be interesting possibility with the pitching staff. Okay. Bar, what do you what do you think about putting Barnes and like, giving him a chance in the starting rotation? <laughs> what? And giving, David, and bringing, stop. You know, 
every sale as a bullpen, as a closer, because he has, he has experience as a closer in the World Series year. He, he closed out a couple David, of games. David, hold on. David. Yep. So Barnes can barely get through one inning. You think he can get through four or five? I mean, when he was successful last year, he had a, a mesmerizing fastball, right? And uh, and a slider, right? But I don't know. No, Maybe he's never thrown a slider, Maybe. David. He doesn't throw a slider. Oh, he has two pitches. He and throws that. a fastball and a curveball and occasionally a changeup. He does not throw a slider. And he doesn't trust okay, his fastball right. anymore. But I think, I mean, it's... It, seems that his problems are all in his head. So maybe I don't know. I, I'm just brainstorming here. But maybe if you maybe if you if you put him give him a chance in the, the starting game, maybe he might get excited. Maybe David, that's excited David. You've had David. Hold on, David. You've had a lot of bad takes. That is one of your worst. Do you have another point? What about sale as a closer? I mean, he was. I mean, that's actually a, that's actually a better idea, but they're not going to do it. I mean, I think that could solidify the, the closing role, too. It's just, I don't know why they wouldn't consider it. Um, because they think that Chris Sale, when he comes back, is going to give them five innings. That's what they think. They they think it's more important to have Chris Sale in the rotation than it is as a bullpen arm. I mean, that yeah, that idea is not crazy because he can't, like, he, he'll never, David, I appreciate the call. He'll never do it because, and they'll never do it because they paid him to be a starter, and he's somebody that they think they can at least get five innings from and all that. So they're never going to do it with Chris Sale, but that is that is not nearly as bad as the Barnes take. He wa- Barnes can't get through an inning. Sometimes he can't get through two thirds well, of an if inning. You, what if you gave him twenty four hours notice that you're going to throw one <laughs> inning and it's going to be the first inning tomorrow? And David it, says it can't go worse, can it? Well, his slider that he doesn't throw that may help him when he was no, really he, he's been working on it. David David in Florida saw it on Instagram. He saw it. Yeah, he saw gl- Matt Barnes throw. He's working on a new slider. By the way, Iglesias has not been bad this season. He's hitting like three hundred four. So David may be on. No, he's not on to something. Well, but wanting to trade uh, Rafi Devers for Jose Iglesias, who later got last season, is the all-time bad take by David in Florida. Well, yeah, the Iglesias got DFA'd. Matt, you, the Matt Barnes being a starter is stupid, but that is not worse than the Dever- Rafael Devers, Devers for Iglesias. Iglesias. Yeah, you're probably right on that. He's had a lot of bad takes, though. He's had a lot of bad takes. At least he's throwing them out there. I, I yeah. appreciate the courage that you have to call into Sports Talk Radio and, and throw Matt Barnes at the starting rotation out there. <laughs> I can't believe he said that, even for David. So Matt Barnes to the rotation, sale to the bullpen. Why not Why not Chris Sale as a two-inning closer? See, a, like I, highest of high-leverage closers are pitchers out of your bullpen. Like I don't think that's the craziest idea to have Sale be like a bulk guy out of the bullpen. I don't think they'd ever do it because he's been a starter forever since his rookie year when he came up with the White Sox. That was the only time he came out of the bullpen. But you look at him, he never makes it through these seasons. In fact, he never starts these seasons anymore at the beginning of the year. So, I mean, I don't think that's as crazy as the rest of his ideas because... I feel like right now at this point with Sale, anything you get from the guy is gravy. I'm not I'm not trusting the fact that, okay, when he's healthy, he comes back, he's all of a sudden going to be the Chris Sale we saw a couple of years ago. Last year, he was good for some of his starts. He was bad in other starts. I mean, all his numbers across the board were kind of down. He did get a lot of soft contact. But remember in the postseason, one atrocious start, one really good start against the Astros until, of course, the Alvarez, the final Alvarez at bat, which I don't blame that on him. He should have never been... Out there, but I don't see them making that change with Chris. Do you think the contract plays into his role? Yeah, I would say sort of, but Dombrowski's gone. Yeah, 25, 30 million for a closer is a lot of money. Yeah, he's not going to be the closer, but that's definitely not as crazy as Matt Barnes being a starter.
Let's get to Betty in Oakland. Hey, Betty. Hi. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about uh, Bonds being a uh, spotter. <laughs> you hey. don't think he could do it? Uh, no. <laughs> it would be interesting to watch anyway. But anyway, I wanted to talk about uh, Story and yep. Bogey. I mean, they absolutely have to sign Bogey because yep. Story's yep. life will be a living hell in Boston if if uh, Bogey isn't here. Yeah, he, I agree. The fans will never accept him. Never. never. Yeah, and Betty, to no fault of his own, right? I mean, I bet that Story no, wants Bogart's here. No. Yeah. It's not his fault at all. I mean, in fact, I feel bad for him. You know, if that comes to you know, comes to be, you know, I just hope they, um, you know, don't, don't disappoint the fans um, and and let uh, Bogey go. I mean, I'll be very upset. You yeah, know, I'm with I'll you, be Betty. Very upset. I'm with you on that, and I appreciate the phone call as always. Her line's open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Andy wants to be here. Andy's opened up a window for you to take that chance again. I think the Red Sox will come back and make another offer. They have to. At this point, they have to make an offer to Bogarts. Let's get to, oh, Paul. He's in Westfield. What is it? What's your name again, Paul? The Pope or something? Sports Pope Paul Christ on my Twitter account, which you can't get through. Like I told you, fan hole and the block. But that's okay. We'll fix that when Uncle Eli takes over. Hey, Chris, I got a quick fact on the Sox and then a comment on the... I'm Celtics. not Chris. <laughs> Brian, Brian, what, sorry. How could I what, call what's Professor Chris's Vera last and Ethan Buffett? Chris Curtis? I don't even know where that is. I've been in the hot tub for an hour, man. I'm still brain oh, floating, but... I can't hear well, the Jets. No, I mean, I... I yeah, yeah, well, I jumped out after an hour oh, and a half. Oh, you loves a hot tub? Jermaine Wiggins loves... Hot tub expert is Jermaine Wiggins. It's the best thing ever, man. It's, I'm back up to 205. I'm restacked in two and a half months of weightlifting. But, hey, Chris, I mean, Brian, this is a quick fact, and then a point I comment about the Celtics. About yep. seven days ago, before we started winning, we had 17 losses with two runs or less. Uh, Ten of them were one run or less, which when you consider how bad a relief pitch and pooped itself, you can't give me any closer to winning. You know, those are the low, low losses, so... You know, like you said, the bats come alive. We figure out the pitching. We're not terribly out of it. Speaking of terribly out of it, your producer answered the phone and said the same thing I said. Oh, the end of the first half. Looks like we can do a dust-up on Miami. Then the second half, uh, 14 turnovers, third quarter collapse. Just a horrible display of no defense, low Mm -hmm. movement, no ball control, what were they smoking pot and then at halftime thinking they were walking away with it? And and here's a quick Edibles. point: you have to unbelievable. And in the first half, the Miami let up 41 points in the paint average all year. We scored 42 in the paint in the first half. It couldn't have been any better. That was in without six a doubt. In the second half. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. It was that was the, that was like the Bermuda Triangle game. From wow, we look great in the first half. To holy crap, we suck in the second half. And just a reminder, you have to block and stop Miami from the momentum because once they get in that in that paint area, and once they get the ball movement, they're going to score. You can't let them get set up. That's the key to beating them. And they just—it's like they couldn't play basketball in the third quarter. What the hell happened? I don't know, Paul. It's 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 mystifying. I appreciate the call as always, my friend. Enjoy the hot tub tonight, man. Tell, so do you enjoy the late night, Tyler? So we get man. the callers are fun. I I do enjoy. It. I expect it at this point of the uh, the hour here. What at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studios here at eleven forty? But I give David credit. It. I give David credit. Never did I ever think on this show would I get a call 
<laughs> asking for Matt Barnes to move to the rotation. But we got it tonight because of his slider that he doesn't throw. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. We're coming to you from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio. Brian Barrett, Tyler Devitt. Coming up next, we will get into the Celtics. How concerning is it that Al Horford will not play in game two? We'll address it next here on EI. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you. Tyler Devitt's with us as well. We're coming to you from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio. So after five minutes to consider, uh, Matt Barnes for closer, still, still against it? Still against it, shockingly. Still, against it. <laughs> I thought you may have reconsidered that. No, still against David I's idea. I mean, I, he's thinking outside of the box, but I mean, that is one of the most idiotic takes that we've had on Red Sox Review this year. That may be the worst. I mean, David's had some bad ones, but that may be legitimately the worst take I've ever heard on Red Sox Review. There's been a lot of bad ones. That may be the worst one. They can outside the box. Like he stepped in the box and the box collapsed. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, like he barely. A lot of times he doesn't even get through a full inning. So we're expecting him to get through five, six I, innings. I, I wonder if Matt Barnes. And I don't want to make this a Matt Barnes hour, but like if he goes somewhere else, like could he actually make this work? Is it a new scenery that could change us for Matt Barnes, or is he just like completely shot? I think mentally, like he's done, man. Yeah, I know. Like they're saying that the velo- and it has. I mean, the numbers would tell you the velocity has ticked back up. He just doesn't have the confidence that he had last year. Remember, like last year, we heard the story prior to the year. He goes into Cora's office and he says, "I want to be the bleeping closer." And Ottavino's like, "All right, I'm cool with that. Like whatever," because it was supposed to be like a competition between those two guys. Barnes ends up winning the job, and ever since. The contract extension just hasn't been the same guy. And part of it was Cora wanted him to throw, this is a crazy concept, more sliders, more strikes. Not, no, not, not sliders. sliders. More strikes. And he he would nibble. I mean, that's when he's gotten into trouble in the past. And once he started to get roughed up a little bit last year, he stopped attacking in the strike zone with his fastball. And it's been a problem ever since. That's why this year, you realize he's throwing more changeups this year than he did the entirety of last season. That indicates that the guy is searching. But I did want to pivot to the Celtics for a second here. And last night's game, I felt like that was just a huge missed opportunity. And I'm not making excuses for no Al and no Smart. Like, if you just lost that game and you got outplayed, fine. Like, I could understand referencing that you didn't have two of your best defensive players. Fine. Like, I totally understand that. But the way that it happened, where you put up, what, 64 points in the first half, you were scoring at will... And then you come out in the second half of that game and your best player turns the ball over six times. As a team, you turn it over eight times. They score 12 points off your turnovers. And even if you come under the gates like a little sloppy, all right, fine. But after Ime Adoka calls the timeout when Miami jumps out to that 10-1 to lead, which eventually was a 22-2 to run, you would figure, okay, they turn it around, they sort of get it together. But it got worse after the timeout. And these were like careless, reckless passes. Yep. There was a couple where Tatum was just throwing the ball to Robert Williams at the top of the key, or the, really at the three-point line. And they could literally see the pass coming. And then he got ripped by Oladipo. You have to see the weak side defender. And Tatum, three or four times, Jimmy Butler could just see the entry pass was going to go top of the key, like he said, yeah. to Robert Williams and Jimmy Butler read it. And it, 39 points was not because of bad defense. It was because of bad Celtics offense turning the ball over and giving Jimmy Butler either and one opportunities or wide open layups. Like he wasn't killing them in terms of uh, Steph Curry step backs, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, you know, 
crossover step back. He wasn't doing that. Right. He was getting the very easy shot selection because it was transition shots off Celtics turnovers. Like it was very bad offense. It was kind of mystifying that that even Jalen Brown, his handle has gotten so bad. And yeah, I don't, what's up with that? Him now I mean, it makes no sense at all. It's gotten worse throughout the year. Yeah, I mean he was sloppy with the ball. I don't know what's going on with him. Do you remember what was it? Game six Friday night, where it just appeared for the majority of the game he couldn't dribble. Like I don't know what that was the worst I've seen it. Like last night, it, it's been sloppy in the postseason, but that Friday night, it's like he couldn't not even just dribble. He couldn't hold on to the ball, which was like yep. perplexing to me. I mean, they need a, obviously a better performance from Jalen Brown. Tatum's got to be—he's not going to be the guy that he was in Game Six or the guy that he was in the first half. But he's got to be more consistent throughout the game. He can get to those peaks like we saw in the first half, like we saw in Game Six. But you can't have him go to that level of bad play like we saw in the third quarter. And now this Smart news is huge because if Smart can go tomorrow, and it appears he's probable to play. That's massive because I know he had 18 points, but the Pritchard thing was a massive issue. I mean, they were just going at him and hunting him in that fourth quarter. Pritchard as the primary defender in this game, 6 for 10. They shot 60% and scored 17 points. I mean, they are just going to seek that guy out. Like, Ime Adoka did a good job. Now, I feel like the Nets didn't take advantage of him as much as they could. And the Bucks really don't have a lot of guys that can go at him. Like, without Middleton, Giannis is the only guy. Like, they don't have one-on-one players. But the Miami Heat are going to continue to pick at that scab if he's out there. And Ime can pick and choose his moments during the series if he has smart because then he's the fourth guard on the team. But last night, I mean, he was just exposed. It was it was bad defense because, I mean, if you ask Scott, like, came out on the afternoon show with Maloney, Fourier, Mego, and he said, like, he wasn't that bad. No, he wasn't bad for, if you ask the context of Peyton Pritchard playing defense, you know he's going to get picked on because guys can just rise up and shoot over him which is what Jimmy Butler did, that he would just back down and take two dribbles, get into the middle of the lane, spin, and a bank shot for a bucket. Like It was very simple that Jimmy knew, I can get a switch whenever I want, get on to Peyton Pritchard, back him down, and it's very simple. So, of course, like uh, Peyton played his hardest, and like he played defense as well as he could, but he's so limited because he's not a great athlete. He's only six feet tall, 185 pounds. He's basically me but an inch shorter like that i there's nobody on earth at six feet 185 pounds that can guard jimmy butler it's impossible you're asking for someone to do the impossible and and peyton did his best but it was clearly not good enough they're gonna do that more in game two game three game four it's similar to when uh the heat picked on kemba every single possession in the bubble toronto did the same thing they picked on kemba because they know he's a six foot guard who has to be great on offense or actually play him Peyton is rarely great on offense. Yeah. Um, going back to your scout point, though, I can't take anything that guy take, says seriously. I know he's like part of the team. He's part of the broadcast. But Marcus Smart's number one fan. Yeah. When he came on your guy's show and said that Marcus Smart is the best defender that he's ever seen, that's where I stopped taking his take seriously. I can't do it anymore. Marcus, did he ever see Hakeem Olajuwon play? Like, did he not exist or something? Did Bill Russell not exist? Does Kawhi Leonard not exist? I mean, this this was an idiotic take. Is Smart even the greatest Celtics defender of all time? No. KG, Tony DJ. Allen, DJ. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. Tyler, thanks for hanging around, man. I'll be back with you tomorrow after the Celtics game. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.